This is Sam from the Masculine Journey Podcast, and our goal with the podcast is help you to try to find your way in this difficult world. Your Chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. And here's the windup and the pitch. Welcome to the Christian Car Guy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now. One, it's just a wind-up. The pitch brings the morning. That's the show today on the Christian Car Guy Show. That's cryptic as it can be because for whatever reason, God loves to be cryptic with me. (laughs) So you have to engage your heart. You have to think, what in the world could Robbie be talking about today? 32 to 1 is just a wind-up. The pitch brings the morning. You heard... Right, the wind-up in the pitch from ABC Sports there. You might have recognized that. And then 32 Footsteps by Giant. And then Codaline was singing You Are the One, which I love that song. I really, really do, especially if you put the idea that Jesus thinks that you're the one. What? Can your heart really grasp that? That you are the one? And so today, joining me, a couple of really good friends that have never met each other, but I, you know, it's cool to have them on the show with me today. Mike Zwick, the host of If Not For God, and sometimes I refer to him as my very own Zwickipedia. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because he, he's got a Bible verse on almost anything you say. It's really cool to see Mike welcome. It's good to have you on today. He's got a big event coming up that we're going to share with you today. And then I have Terry Inman, who is... One of our Jesus Labor Love volunteers, that's car repair labor for single moms, widows, families in crisis. And Terry is one of our tow guys. I am. And, and he also, you know, helps out when we get cars donated. And um, and so a big part of the Jesus Labor Love and <clears throat> longtime friend of Bob from 109U Pull-In. He is filling in today <clears throat> for Bob because... Bob's fishing, of all things. He said those reds were running in. So we're looking forward to that. So to get into what I always get into, you know, today's show is brought to you by Hebrew Letter. And today's show is brought to you by the Hebrew... That's like Sesame Street, Mike. So um, the Hebrew letter for today is the word Lamed, uh, the letter Lamed, which is also a word. And so I want you to think of the word or the word love, and it starts with an L, right? And, and so does the word learning. They're both 
they start with that L sound. There's a very good reason they do that because in Hebrew they do as well in, in so many different ways. Loving and learning are very much connected, but they also in their own way bring light. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but when you begin to learn something, it's like the light comes on or when you truly you know, spread your love around, it's just bringing light. And so that has something to do with 32 to 1 is just the wind-up. The pitch brings the morning. And, and so I want to um, kind of take you some verses that will explain what it is I'm saying, <laughs> okay? okay. <laughs> and, and so here's this interesting verse. It's the sixth verse in the sixth chapter of the Song of Solomon. It says, Thy teeth are as a flock of sheep, which come up from the washing whereof each one bears twins and there is not one barren among them. So there's the answer to 32. Do you know how many teeth you have? 32. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there's the first part of this cryptic message, but the interesting thing about the sixth verse in the song of Solomon is it's almost identical to the fourth verse in the, I mean, excuse me, in the second verse of the f- fourth chapter which says exactly the same thing, but it says thy teeth are as a flock of sheep, well shorn coming up from the washing. So when I was studying this verse, this, you know, sometimes you have to chew on a verse with your teeth. Mm. It was God was illustrating this verse to me with my own pondering. So I began to ponder, why is it that when Jesus described his beloved bride in the fourth chapter, her teeth were well shorn coming up from the washing? And why is it in this verse, after she'd gone through the shenanigans of you know, getting beat up by the watchman on the walls and all that stuff. Why did she now not have well-shorn teeth anymore? What's mm. up with that? Mm. And I pondered and I pondered till my ponder was sore to, uh... <laughs> 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 and it came to me, you know, that when your teeth come up, they cut. And interestingly, when you're a little child, you only have 20 teeth. Did you know that? Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, and, my, my daughter, Ann, just got her first two teeth in. So. Right, yeah. right. And those were incisors, right? The first yeah. two teeth. Yeah. And so if you think about teeth from a standpoint of spiritual teeth, okay, because everything's a picture of something spiritual to an extent in the Bible. So what do you do with your spiritual teeth? Well, you chew on the word of God is what you do. Right. And so you need incisors which bite into it, mm-hmm. right? Those two front teeth, or f- there's actually eight incisors in your mouth, and they bite out things like an apple, like you would bite out a piece of scripture that you're going to study, like these two verses we're just going to talk about. And then, right, you got to, you got to kind of cut it up with your cuspids or your incisor, you know, those eye teeth that you have. And those eye teeth will kind of cut that up. And then if, if you're a child, you have what they're called premolars. They're not going to be your molars yet. Mm-hmm. And there's the next group of teeth, and you only have eight of those. And those are called bicuspids, or they're called premolars. Mm-hmm. And those begin to chew it up. But as you get older, interestingly, you get some teeth. What are they called, Terry? That a lot of people get them impacted, and they got to take them out. Wisdom. Wisdom. Ah, uh, there you go. <laughs> Have you ever thought about why those are called wisdom teeth? From a spiritual standpoint, how do you get wisdom? Well, you chew on the word of God. And guess what? Ah. Sheep sometimes get that word to come back like you they chew the cud, right? You, yeah. you chew on a passage, you go somewhere, you do something, and all of a sudden it comes back up and you're chewing it again. Mm-hmm. And what are you doing that with? Your wisdom teeth. Mm. So in the fourth chapter, she just cut her teeth. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Your teeth are well shorn. 
Mm. They, they, you just cut your teeth. Mm. But by the sixth chapter, they're not fresh anymore. She'd been chewing on this stuff for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so something to think about that as you've been chewing, you've been learning and you've been growing and you've been being nourished by the word of God in so many different ways. And so when he says, you know, you got your teeth are like a flock of sheep, it's a big deal. And yeah. then your, your cheeks are two pieces of a pomegranate within thy locks which has to do with actually there's 613 seeds from what I understand in a pomegranate, which have to do with knowledge. Well, as you use those teeth to chew, you gain a whole lot of knowledge, which are seeds, right? Mm -hmm. that, that, that you now are able to plant in other people's lives and all that. And then Jesus loads up and throws this pitch. Okay. And here's what he says. My dove, my undefiled is but one. She is the only one of her mother is the choice one of her that bear her. How many times do you say one in that passage? Three times Three right times. there, right? And that word one in Hebrew is a spectacular word, okay? Because you are the one, you know, 32 to one, okay? Now you understand, 32 to one, okay? You are the one, which means one is a fantastic number that is also an adjective. And when you think about the Shema, the prayer that the Hebrews say every morning, right? They say, hear, O Israel, the Lord is one. And why that's a big deal is because you're united as one. You're first. You're, it's a comparative number. You're first. You're best. It's singular. You're one. And then it's an indefinite article. Someone. You're somebody because you're one right mm -hmm. and and in somewhat it's incomparable because you know number one is number one and mm -hmm. then one has to do with also time because once upon a time one is also a reference to time in its own way and then one is also has to do with you know something to delight in so you got this idea of the one and that you know you can see a thousand movies on lifetime and then they're going to be talking about is this guy the one yeah. Well, had you considered... Because we all watch a thousand movies on Lifetime. Right? I do. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago. We, we're past like, oh, Lifetime. All right, all, right. all right. Well, on Pure Flicks, you know, same thing. There are a lot of those movies I watch. Now, now you're cooking. Oh, okay. On Pure Flicks or whatever. You're the one. You know, the one. And so 32 to one is just a wind up, Okay. Wait till you hear the pitch. That's coming. Uh -oh. And your calls. I'm excited to hear what you have to think about after we share some of this other stuff. 866-348-7884 is the number to call in and share about the one, someone in your life. 866-348-7884. Yeah, You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. And here's the windup and the pitch. 32 footsteps, Canada must up 32 footsteps. You Two to one is just the wind up. The pitch 
brings the morning. That's what we're talking about today on the Christian Car Guys show. And I hope you followed with me in the first segment that the 32 have to do with your teeth and the fact that you're the one. And by the way, the church is really a bigger, you know, when you, you know, you're the one, that's true. But me and Mike and Terry and you listening and all these people that then we really are that church that is the one. And, and so after Jesus says that about that, she's the choice of her mother. And then he says, 60 queens, wow, or th- three score queens and 80 concubines mm. and virgins without numbers. Wow. <laughs> but my my dove is undefiled, right? And and then it says the queens and the concubines they praised her, okay. And and for those of us who are big huge Song of Solomon fans, yeah, would know that. And if if not, I hope you'll become a Song of Solomon fan. In the very beginning of the story, she felt black, and she said, "I'm black, but come, Leo, ye daughters of Jerusalem, as the tents of Qatar, as the curtains of Solomon." I mean, that's feeling pretty black. Right? Yeah, yeah. And she said, don't look at me because I'm black. Don't stare at me because I'm black. Because the sun looked upon me. So she could see that she felt black. Now listen, think about it. What was she saying? That the daughters of Jerusalem were judging her, right? You look mm-hmm. black. You know, you're looking a little black. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and that, that's a reference to sin, by the way. Right? It's a, it's a reference to that you've been working under the sun rather than working under the S-O-N. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. And, and that was, you know, if you think about Solomon and how many references he made to under the sun in the book of Ecclesiastes, under the sun from Solomon's point of view was that you were working in the earthly world rather than working under the S-O-N sun. So now the daughters of Jerusalem say this, and here's the pitch, okay? And here comes the morning. She said, who is she that looketh forth as the morning? Fair as the moon, clear as the sun, and terrible as an army with banners. In other words, if you're following the story, here these people were judging the bride, and they thought she looked pretty black. They thought she looked pretty sinful. But now they're saying, oh, you look like you're coming to the morning, which, by the way, that's the S-O-N. And... Fair as the moon. Well, it's interesting. The moon in Hebrew, I think it's helpful to know, is the word white expressed. Mm. And, oh, by the way, so is Lebanon a version of the word white, and so is the word frankincense a a version of the word white. Why? Because they all have, if you look at the Lebanon from Israel, you're going to look at the mountains and they're white. Or if you look at a piece of frankincense, it's white. Okay, and whiteness has everything to do with you being the bride, by the way. And so fair as the moon mean that, you, that, that this, this bride is dressed in white, and that's pure. Mm. And how did it get pure? Well, Jesus. I mean, it just, she has gotten so close to Jesus, she now reflects Jesus. And so it's, it's coming like the morning, and it's clear. Like, how would you like to be so clear that people could see Jesus right through you, right? Yeah. Clear as the sun. And here's the really cool thing, and Matthew Henry points this out about this verse, that if you could get that pure, if you could be that white, then you are such a terror to the darkness, it's unbelievable, right? Mm-hmm. You are as terrible as an army with banners because of your purity, mm-hmm. right? That it's because Jesus gave you that purity that you have, and by the way, you really do have it all, mm-hmm. and you really are that white. 
But it's hard to see ourselves that way, which gets to what I really want to talk about today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had to give you all that so you could understand where I was going. So, you know, if we could be all that and we were driving around, we would try to be an army of people that are trying to make a way with our driving, with our, with our lives. In other words, are we bringing light with our driving or are we bringing darkness? <laughs> mm. Are we, um, you know, bringing the sun or, you know, are we letting that person in or are we, you know, being part of the church that is always, by the way, coming to the rescue? Because when the world looks out, like I, I was at a service on Sunday, beautiful service, where this girl from Ukraine gave up and spoke, and she represented seven churches in Ukraine that are about the only people that are handing out all these different resources to people that are trying to flee the country. And all these people are coming to the church. Mm. Well, don't you think that is, you know, like the dawning of the morning? Mm. You know, Absolutely. white as the moon? Like, who is that? And oh, by the way, the governments around the world will tell you that when the ox truly gets in the ditch, who always shows up? It's the Baptist men or it's the hurricane. For, you know, it's the church that really, really does this. Mm. And, and so the world sees that. But the interesting thing is that when Jesus, the last thing he says before the praise, he says that the, the queens and the concubines praised her. And in that word praise is hallel. Mm. You hear the L's in it? There's two of them. Mm -hmm. Hallel. And the word praise is like a double dose of light, of love, of learning. Okay? Mm-hmm. So since you can't describe yourself as all that, it's pretty hard for me to sit there and go, ah, you know, I'm, I'm as, you know, like the dawning of the morning and bright as no. I can't think like my, myself of that, but I can think of that in somebody else. Like I see it in Mike. I see it in Terry. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had this pastor, Pastor Quartz, and he was amazing. Um, who, every time you saw him, he was so interested and you could see the grace in his eyes and his love and his, and he would just want to know all about you and what was going on in your life and whatever. And, and in spite of the fact that there were six, 7,000 members in the church, he could tell you my daughter's name, where I worked. He could tell you all these different things about me. And it wouldn't be unusual for him to call me at night and say, Robbie, it's Mark. He wouldn't say it's pastor. Corey. He would say, Robbie, it's Mark. Right. Yeah. And so to me, you know, he was that. And so as you bring praise to somebody else, whoever that may be, or you bring praise to God, you bring light. So as you're thinking about that today, who is that for you? I would love to hear 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. We have Pastor Dana Coverstone is going to be with us in the next segment. He's calling in. How fun is that about the event that Mike Zwick is putting on? And I get to be part of, we got more of the Jesus labor love, but most importantly, we need you. We need your person that you think brings light. 866-34-TRUTH. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. And here's the windup and the pitch. 32 footsteps, cannon them as up, 32 footsteps. You
so who just are you sure is the one? <laughs> yeah. You know, in other words, when you see them, you know that they are the bride of Christ and, and they just reflect the morning in so many different ways. I would love to hear that, who that person may be for you. 866-348-7884. Because as you praise them, you're bringing light, yeah. right? Yeah. And in so many different ways, people never get to hear and... And so maybe it'd be good if you just told them, by the way, that that they bring the light for you, whatever that is, 866-348-7884. And so talking about bringing light, Mike, we got a big event coming up November 4th, 5th, and 6th in North Carolina. If you're in North Carolina, or maybe even if you're in Virginia or South Carolina, be worth coming up. Yeah, I just got a, a message for my If Not For God with Mike Zwick page. And a lady said, hey, I was looking at, past, I'm going to come see Pastor Dana Coverstone. And uh, she says, I'm coming up from South Carolina. Do you know of a good hotel to stay at? And I'm like, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we do have people from different states coming in. And it's going to be at 6 o'clock that Friday night. Uh, Pastor Dana is going to be speaking that night. 5 o'clock Saturday and 5 o'clock Sunday. And, and Robbie, you're going to be speaking Sunday at 5. But did you say you had Pastor Dana's on? Or? Yeah, Pastor David is actually on with us. Pastor David. Dana. Dana, I'm sorry. <laughs> Why did I say that? I know it's Dana. Hey, Dana, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, folks. We are excited, excited, excited for what's going on in November, this revival that's going to be going on in Burlington, North Carolina, at the Cox Toyota store. And, and Pastor, you're going to be sharing, and a lot of people real familiar with some of the videos that you did on YouTube back right as, as COVID hit, but, but lately your, your ministry continues to just grow and grow, and you got all sorts of ways that God is using your light. Hmm. Well, I'm just, for the most part, I'm just trying to encourage believers right now. We're going through a lot of crazy times, crazy things, crazy headlines, and the Lord is trying to just keep the church focused, you know, keep our eyes on the keep our knees on the ground, our eyes on the Lord. And so that's the most important thing that I'm doing is just trying to encourage believers to stay focused and steady. Ah, that's beautiful. And so, Mike, how did how did this come about? Like, whoa, this idea, this revival. This revival, I, uh, well, I had a friend of mine named Frank Carpy, and he's in uh, Burlington. And I was saying, hey, we, we should have a revival. And we did actually have a revival. Um, it was with a friend of mine, uh, Justin and, and Brooke Noop and uh, Nanette Noel helped, helped put that together as well. Uh, Sharon Hungerford was there, our friend who was on. Um, several other people, John Perry, you know, John Perry from Wednesday sure, in the Word, sure. Baller Nation. And so uh, that went that went well, and uh, the Lord, really, it was just the Lord who, who said, hey, let's do a tent revival, and our good friend Cameron Horner and his mother, Joanna Horner, they had done a tent revival at Cox Toyota several times. They had something called The Return, and uh, they said, well, it's going to be about $13,000 to rent a tent for the three days, and then he said, hold on, I know a guy uh, who actually does this as a ministry, and he does he doesn't charge for it. They just take up a love offering. And, and I just started talking to people, started praying. And uh, about a week ago, I actually, the Lord told me to walk around where the tent was going to be seven times. And then the Lord told me to start calling different churches and what to do. And, and I tell you what it says in scripture that it, that unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. But uh, pastor Dana, what, what made you decide to come down from Kentucky? It's just time to make. It's time to get the word out. You know, I'm I'm big on pro life, and we're seeing what happens since Roe v. Wade. We see the states coming against it. Uh, we see the cult of death at work. And you had spoken to me about having a heart for the pro life movement. And 
God's laid a message, a very, very deep-seated, deeply rooted message in my heart about the church's response. We right now are the only group, the only entity, the church is it, that's standing up for the unborn. Mm-hmm. And so after you and I spoke and we did a couple interviews on it, that has resonated in my heart. So when you called, I was ready to say yes. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to being there, sharing my heart, preaching the Word, and seeing the church come together to, to stand up and fight for one of the most important things, which is the unborn. So yeah. glad to be a part, and thank you for asking me to come and be a part of that. I greatly appreciate it. Oh, it's so awesome. Thank you so much for calling in today, too, Pastor. And we look forward to seeing you. I've talked to you many times, never had a chance to meet you. So that's great. Have you ever met him, yeah. um, Mike? Uh, via FaceTime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we'll see yeah. you. We'll see you coming well, I'm up. I'm looking forward to weeks. it. Yeah. November cool. 4th, 5th, and 6th in Burlington, North Carolina at the Cox Toyota. So, you know, wow. You know, that's a real opportunity. And Mike and, and uh, Cameron had come to do the Christian Car Guys show here because I was away fishing, as you know, um, Terry. Um, yeah. And uh, with the other Terry, I was fishing. And, and they had come to do the show that Saturday, but there was a hurricane. And so, you know, apparently they didn't, you know, get a chance to talk about this revival and what's going on again. May, uh, November 4th, 5th, and 6th. It's a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday but, you know, don't forget what I'm asking today, okay? <laughs> now, what I'm asking is who, right, who, when when you think of that person that brings light, I know that, that reflects Jesus in such a way that, like, man, that, or maybe they've, maybe they've left the earth, like my pastor Quartz has left. He's no longer here. Who, who comes to mind? Is there somebody that comes to mind for you, Terry? Yeah, uh, me and Tina are part of a new church in Kernersville. It's Kernersville, Westland. And um, Pastor Dave at that church is uh, shining a light in my life. Um, he shares uh, a story every week, and it's we we are very excited about being a part of this um, church. Um, they have a new pastor um, that's come on, and we look forward to it. Yeah, so cool. How about you, Mike? Man, there's there's a ton of them. Definitely, my mother. Uh, you know, my mother. Uh, ever since I was a kid. My mother would pray for me, and uh, she would pray for my salvation. And of course, I went off to college, and the last thing on my mind was Jesus. <laughs> uh, but uh, my senior year of college, this girl kept pestering me about Jesus, and finally, I said okay. <laughs> and uh, but from the time that I said okay, it wasn't just an okay; it was something that I took very seriously. And so, um, you know, I think we had talked about this before, Robbie, but, you know, we say, well, we've got to tell people about Jesus. We've got to go up and, and we do, we have to share the gospel. It's important to share the gospel, but, you know, and we talked about the power of prayer and uh, praying for the people who are not saved, praying for the people who are in rebellion, that that's the biggest thing that we can do, because if we don't do that, if God doesn't soften their heart, then we can talk to them all they want, but you know, it's not going to do a whole lot of good. Right. Which is a reference to my, from my standpoint, when the daughters of Jerusalem say about the bride that she's terrible as an army with banners. Yeah. Well, where she is awesome, where she's at her most awesome and is when she's actually in prayer, which hopefully we're doing that all the time without ceasing. But when we're in prayer, you're actually in connection with the one who can do something, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because apart from me, what can you do, Mike? Nothing. <laughs> Nada. <laughs> so, you know, if you think about it, if you're not in prayer, then you pretty much, you know, you, you can't do nothing. 
Yeah. All right. Right. So that's, but when you're in prayer, yes, then you're an army because not only are you one with Christ, yeah, but you're one with his church. That's right. Right. Yeah. And, and so that idea of oneness comes back as this terrible as an army with banners and that oneness only happens to actually through your unity and, and the beauty of the power of that, you know, the darkness has to just literally freak out. Yeah. And, and so, you know, what I'm excited about, you know, is in so many different ways, God is mobilizing this army. Yeah. Right. And just like your event that's coming up, sure. right. Is, is we're there, you know, I'm going to feel the army. I get to do a boot camp. you know, mm-hmm. a, a few weeks later, yeah. you know, that, that, you know, with masculine journey. And when I'm there, I can assure you, you've been to a boot camp. You guys have both yeah. been to boot camps. You hadn't been to the same boot camp together, yeah. Yeah. but both of you have. But you know what it's like to pray with those guys at boot camp around a campfire? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That there's a certain yeah. camaraderie of the church that when you're usually, you know, in that situation where everybody's chasing after the heart of God, you know, given a weekend or whatever time to go do that, whether it's revival or whatever, yeah, yeah. and here they are, and they're in deep communion with God, and all of a sudden they're praying together? Yeah. Like, yeah. man, yeah. The, the power of that is awesome. Yeah, yeah, very strong. It's awesome. And so I know you know what I'm talking about, and I know it's on your heart. And you say, well, I had to call. Yeah, you ought to call. <laughs> it's 866 866- Three four eight seven eight eight four. The reason is to see you're going to bring light. You're going to bring that halal as you praise somebody, something, something that you see Christ in. You see, in, in so many cool ways. You know, you're bringing the light, and so you know, I love that opportunity we have on this show. And it's the listeners that have always made the show, so I need you to make the show. (laughs) 866-348-7884. Just one segment left. Thank you so much for staying with us. We'll be right back, hopefully with some amazing, amazing testimonies. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. And here's the windup and the pitch. 32 footsteps, and the numbers up, 32 footsteps. You Thirty-two to one is just a wind-up. The pitch brings the morning, and so we've been talking about you have thirty-two feet teeth, right? Which interestingly, there were thirty-two generations from Adam to Jesse. The when you think about David was excellent at chewing on the word, almost like nobody else. Thirty-two feet teeth to end up with the one who you know the pitch brings the morning. So you know as. The church is bringing the morning. We would love to hear who that is for you or how that works out in your life. We have Jason is in Wake Forest, North Carolina. Jason, you're on the Christian Car Guy Show. Good morning. Morning, fellas. How you doing? Doing good. I'm excited good. to hear what you have. Um, well, the person who brought the most joy into my life and showed the light of Jesus was my mother. Wow. Um, she always saw the good in people. She always spoke positive. She always prayed. 
is you always trusted Jesus. Even when I was lost and Satan had me, she trusted God. I miss her. She's she's at home with Jesus now. But if more people could be like her and show Christ's love, the world would be a much better place. That is so spectacular. You know, Jason, I've met so few people in the world like that, right? That never had anything bad to say about anybody. Mm. What what if that could be said about us? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Robbie never had anything bad to say about anybody. Well, that is not true this moment, but boy, what it would what it would it mean if it could be true about us. What was your mother's name, Jason? Her name was Mona Lisa. Oh, really? Yes. And I bet she had a smile that you, everybody remembered. Oh, yes. Everyone remembers her as just being one of the sweetest, most beautiful women uh, that ever was. And so did your mom get to, to, to see the fruit of her prayers? Did she, was she around when you came to Christ? Oh, that's, that's a great question because uh, uh, mom saw, see, I was a, a drug addict for two decades. And mom saw me delivered instantly. She saw my dad healed instantly. She got to see my dad, who was completely against speaking in tongues, start speaking in tongues. <laughs> she must have been praying hard for him. <laughs> Anyways, that's another story in itself. Um, but he was completely against and All of a sudden, he's walking around the house speaking in tongues. We're giving our testimonies in church. And uh, she's seeing miracles. Uh, we're, we're starting to operate in the kingdom of God, as opposed to just learning. We're realizing, we're, you know, we're starting to realize that it's a walk with God, and it's very passionate and emotional, and we're entering into his kingdom here on earth. Wow. And we're starting to inherit that kingdom. And so she sees all of this, yes. Yeah, and and as a, as a result of for all that light she reflected, Right? We can all hear it in your voice too, Jason. So God bless you, man. You're you're your mother's son. That's beautiful. Yes. Thank you, buddy. Thanks so much for all oh, man. You made my day. I love that. Uh, I love you, that. God bless. Thanks, uh, thanks. Look forward to the revival. See you there. <laughs> yes. I see hope you there. so. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. be sure and come up to me and say, hey, You remember me? I'm Jason. I'm you know, talked about my mom. I would love to see you, Jason. That'd be awesome. God bless. I'll be there, brother. I'll All be right, there, brother. Have a blessed day. Thanks for everything. You All too. Right, thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Thank, thank you. you. Oh, somebody called in from Whitsitt, and then they got gone. But, all right. Well, they're going to call back, we hope. 866-WHO is that in your life? 866-348-7884. 866-34-TRUTH. So if you're like me, you just ponder things like, why? What's up with these numbers, right? And I love to ponder things, and that's part of chewing with my 32 teeth. God gave me these so I like to chew on stuff. So when I said three score queens and four score concubines mm-hmm. and virgins without numbers, what's that about? Well, mm-hmm. and you might even remember that I think it's in the um, third chapter where it says three score valiant warriors, or it says behold his bed, which is Solomon's three score valiant warriors about it. So here's the second time that Solomon's used this word three score, which is 60. Well, interestingly, if you do all the math, and apparently Rashi and several other Jewish scholars have, there were 60 families that Abraham 
essentially, you know, was responsible for fathering 60 that um, were involved with Jacob, so to speak. Okay, so it's not because there are certain families that don't count, like Esau's family and, um, you know, the family of Ishmael, et cetera, et cetera. But there's 60 that are considered literally the 60 queens, right? Mm -hmm. And 80 concubines has to do with there are 80 families that came out of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, which are the Noahide group, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the point of all that is, is if you really thought about how many people did it take to get a Terry? I mean, and it had to be exactly, there were all these wonderful families that led to families that led to families. And it says virgins without number that led to all these maidens falling in love and all the love that was involved in order to get a Mike Zwick and your mother or to get a Terry Inman and your mother, right? Or to get a Robbie Dilmore and his mother. And so when you think about when Jesus sees you, just like Jason was talking about, he sees her, his mother too, right? I'm yeah. sure he does, yeah. you, know, you know, because he was, he knew that it was through her love we get a Jason, right? That's right. He knew that it was through your mother's love, Mike, we get, we get, a, we get a Mike. Yes. And what was mm -hmm. your mother's name, Terry? Paige. Paige. God bless her. <laughs> she she passed, had a chance to she, pray, didn't she? Well, um, I never had the chance to meet her. She passed away um, 15 days after I was born. I did not and, know that. And um, small world, uh, yesterday um, I had a gentleman call me and went, happened to go to his house and buy a car from him. And uh, he said, is your dad Terry Inman? I said, yeah. And he said, I grew up with your dad. I was a small kid. I used to shoot basketball at his basketball goal, and I had the opportunity to be around your mom. And he was like, wow, you look just like her. Your eyes are just like her. Wow. But it was just, you know, amazing. And um, so it was a God moment. But, um, <laughs> I had a, I had, I was fortunate. I had a lady to come into my life. Um, I call her my mother. Um, her name is Karen. She raised me. And I look back, and you keep saying, but her, her father um, was a deacon at Rosemont Baptist Church on Clemensville Road, and he was, what you're saying, he was that guy I looked up to because of Christ and right. what he had in his heart. But, Nate, did you have a chance to talk to the man yesterday about your mother? Yeah, 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 yeah. We spent, we spent some good time. Um, I got him reconnected with my dad, and he said, well, I bumped into your dad about uh, 15 years ago. I started working at R.J. Reynolds. And your dad was training me. <laughs> and he said, I ended up going to his house and buying a leather coat. And I still got the leather coat. So I got him connected back with my dad. It was just a real good moment. He um, happened to quit. Uh, he furloughed from U.S. Air, went to work for Richard Childers. He was the he took over for Chocolate Myers. He was the gas man for um, Richard Childers for really? 10 years. It's a very small world. Mm. How cool is it that, that they, you had that discussion just the other day? And um, again, you know, really, really cool that, that I hope that you use your 32 teeth this <laughs> with joy and yeah. chew on something and think, man, I need to chew on this some more. That's good because the more you chew, the more you use those wisdom teeth. Yeah, yeah. it's good. And, and that's, that's fun stuff. And also, you know, think about praising other people because you bring the light when you do that. And I love what um, Jason was saying that, man, wouldn't it be good? You know, he never has anything bad to say about anybody. Mm. Like, wow, what a beautiful word 
was brought. I, you know, something to chew on today. <laughs> Some people never have a good thing to say about anybody. <laughs> yeah, speaking of wisdom, you know, you could be impacted by all these things. That's anyway, right. so <laughs> remember, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere That's he went. Right. Got it all done in 32 years. This is the Truth Network.